Thank you for tuning into the City Church California podcast. We exist for anyone to believe in God, to become who God created them to be, and to build the church and our city. Don't forget to subscribe to our podcast so that you can be updated anytime we add new content. Now let's check out the latest message from our Sunday gathering. Hey, today, I want you, if you have your Bibles, uh, pull them out, okay? And then if you're using your smartphone, I really want you to go to your Bible app right now and go to James chapter 1. And what's great about today is we're beginning a study on the book of James. And the book of James is about the life of faith. But it is written, I want you to know this, this book is written under a back drop of great difficulty. And what is astonishing to me today, how many Christians and believers, especially not only after COVID, maybe after the last five years, 10 years, and this is a common phrase, but it's not a new phrase, that they're deconstructing their faith. Meaning they're taking their faith apart and they're believing this, but not believing that, believing this, but not believing that. And I stand before you, we cannot deconstruct our faith because our faith is not in a creed. It's not in a spiritual belief system. It is in a person. Jesus Christ is the author and the finisher of our faith. And so in July, all the way through August, we're going to study the book of James. And I believe our lives are going to be made whole again. And this letter was written under the backdrop of not only persecution and difficulty, but where believers began to try to deconstruct their faith and James comes with these eternal words that we can endure and we could become whole people. Are you with me on that? And I want to just ask you, are you a person, and I don't know about you, I I want advice on how to live. I really want to live and I want to live well. And I don't know about you, there are times that what I say and what I do do not line up. Or what I believe and how I behave has a fracture. And I don't want to live as a fractured believer. I want my life to be integrated where I can trust in Jesus Christ with all of my heart. And James shows us how to do that. Now, if you have your Bibles, I want you to go to James. We're going to look at chapter 1, verse 1. In a little bit, we're going to go down in chapter 1, and we're going to look at verses 22 to 25. But I want to begin, and I love this. James starts off, and he says this, James, a bondservant of God and the Lord Jesus Christ to the tribes scattered abroad greetings. So I want to uh, repeat that again. Years ago when Katie Venti was a senior in high school, and I won't tell you her age because she's only 22, but this was years ago, I had studied the book of James for over six months and ended up memorizing the entire book because I wanted my life to change. I felt that there was a fracture and a brokenness on how I was believing and how I was behaving. And so I want you to begin to think of these words. He starts off, he says, James, a bondservant of God and the Lord Jesus Christ to the 12 tribes scattered abroad greetings. And so today, I just want to begin to introduce this book. And the way we're going to begin to do it, we're going to look at the author, 
James. Then we're going to look at believers. Then we're going to look at the book. And I believe God is going to change us where we're not just hearers of the word, but we will become doers of the word. Are you with me? And so again, it says James, a bondservant of God in the Lord Jesus Christ. So let's just begin to do this. I want you to know just from the get-go, our church, if you want to know our vision or a picture of City Church California, we exist for anyone to believe in God, to become like Jesus, and to build together. Now this book is about becoming. And I promise if you stay with us through July and August, you will become the person that God created you to be. Now, we need to start off, and it's very, very important. I want to begin to talk about the guy, James. In the Gospels, in the New Testament, they are three different James. And when I was first uh, uh, new to the scripture, got into the coldest uh, sack of inspiration writings, I thought they were all the same person. So one of the Jameses, he's one of the 12 apostles, and his father is Alphaeus, and his mother is Mary. He's mentioned in the gospel four times, and you can look at Mark chapter 3, verse 17. And again, he's one of the 12 that Jesus chose, and the Catholic Church calls him James the Less. Then there's another James, and it is the son of Zebedee. Remember James and John, and John's the one who wrote the gospel of John, the epistles of John, and the book of Revelation. It says that we're in their, their father's boat mending their nets, and he is James the Great. But he didn't write this book because he was martyred before this book was written. Then, now this is going to be trippy if you come from a Catholic background. And I'm going to have to take some time with this today, not only online, but here in the room. The third possibility is James, the brother of Jesus. Now, the Catholic Church teaches, and and I was raised a Catholic, and I am so proud of my upbringing. But they teach that the Virgin Mary, even after she gave birth to Jesus Christ, the Son of God, that she remained a virgin and had no other children. If you don't mind, today I want to take us on a spiritual journey through scriptures because you and I will never understand this letter unless we understand who James is. And it's not James the less, it's not James the great, it is James the brother of Jesus. So I want you to uh, get your Bible out and, and we're going to go through this rather quickly, and then we're going to go back to James chapter 1, verse 1. I want you to begin to look at Matthew chapter 1, and I'm going to look at verse 25. And it says this, that Joseph did not know her. Now, that word know means that he didn't have intimacy with her until she had brought forth her firstborn son, and they called his name Jesus. So right there in Matthew, we see that Joseph and Mary did have relationship, physical relationship, after Christ was born. And I don't know about you, whether you're Baptist or Catholic or Buddhist or Muslim, I want to believe the scriptures. 
believers. Are you with me? If I am a believer, I want to believe what the Bible says about anyone. Can you say amen? And so I want us to go now to John chapter 2, verse 12. John chapter 2, verse 12. And it says that after this, he, Jesus, went down to Capernaum. He and his mother, please get these categories, his mother, his brothers, and his disciples. So Jesus went down with his mother, his brother, and his disciples. Because some churches, the Catholic church teaches, when they use the word brothers, that they are referring to his disciples. But right here we see there's a differentiation between brothers and disciples. Now let's go to this next one. It's Mark chapter 3. And we're going to look at verse 6. And I love this. It says, is this not the carpenter's son? Are you with me? Is this not the carpenter, the son of Mary? Get it? The son of Mary. And then it begins to name his brothers. And the brother of James, that's where we get Jesus' brother writing this book. The brother James, Joseph, Judas, and Simon. And are not his sisters here with us? So they were offended with him. So John even goes further and he names the uh, siblings of Jesus Christ and James is one of the siblings. Now, let's go to another one. Let's go to Acts chapter 1 in verse 14 and I want you to know something that is so unbelievable about this. You see, we exist that people can believe in God. And James, even though he was raised with Jesus Christ, we would say he is a half-brother because Mary is the mother of Jesus. Mary is the mother of James. However, God, the Father, is the Father of Christ, but yet Joseph is the Father of James. Now, get this. I want you to know that he did not always believe in Jesus Christ as the Son of God. In fact, not only did he doubt, he even at times was offended. Remember, he said, hey, look, if you are the Son of God, why don't you go and publicly make yourself known? But something happened after the death, burial, and resurrection of Jesus Christ, James became a believer. Are you with me? And so I want you to see this. This is Acts chapter 1. This is verse 14. These all continued with one accord in prayer and supplication. With the women, and get this, in Mary, the mother of Jesus and his brothers. So we see James is there. Joseph is there. Judas is there. So all of a sudden, we know that he is there, not only in Acts 1, but we could assume even in Acts chapter 2. Go with me now. I love this chapter, 1 Corinthians 15. Now, 1 Corinthians 15 is the resurrection chapter. And this is how it starts off. It tells you what the gospel is. And the gospel is that Jesus Christ died for sin, that he was buried, but on the third day he rose again. And how he appeared first to Cephas, that's another name for Peter, then to 500 brethren at once. Now get this, I want you to look at verse 7, and it says, and the Lord appeared to James. And so this is his brother. You're saying, I wonder why Christ appeared. Now let me just stop and take a breath. Jesus Christ never appears or reveals himself to anyone without a purpose. And we see that James is no longer an unbeliever. He becomes a believer, but all of a sudden he is becoming who God created him to be. He's believing not only in Jesus as his brother, Jesus is the son of God, but Jesus Christ 
Christ is the Lord of the universe. And I'm just wondering when Jesus appeared to his half brother that he knew many Jewish believers would try to deconstruct their faith because if having faith is that life is always going to be easy, that's how you maintain your faith, then we have a weak faith. But faith in Jesus Christ will stand the test of time. Are you with me? And I, I personally believe he was saying, hey, you are going to write a book and it's going to show believers how to live out their faith during difficult times. Let's go to another one. Galatians chapter 1, 18 and 19. And we're just dealing with James. And it says, James, the bondservant of God and of the Lord Jesus Christ to the 12 tribes scattered abroad. Greetings. Now look at Galatians. Paul writes this. This is chapter 1, verse 18. And Paul says, then after three years, I went up to Jerusalem to see Peter and remained with him three days. I love this next verse. Look at verse 19. But it says, I saw none other, uh, none of the other apostles except James. Say this with me. Except. James. Say it again. No, look what follows that, except James, the Lord's brother. So when people say, oh no, he can't be the brother, well then Paul would have lied, and that couldn't be inspired, but we know it is inspired, James, the Lord's brother. Now let's go to a couple more. Go with me to Galatians chapter 2, verses 11 and 12, and I love this. It says, now when Peter had come to Antioch, I withstood him to his face because he was to be blamed. Why was he to be blamed? For before certain men came from James. So now please let's just stop because this scripture tells us something. James, can you see the journey? He went from unbelieving. Today there's someone you're unbelieving and maybe you're deconstructing your faith. Maybe your faith is like going to a buffet somewhere and you pick and choose what you want to believe about God. And maybe because you were disappointed and you felt like God let you down, that your prayer was not answered. Can I tell you right now, we need this book now more than ever. James went from unbelieving to believing, but then becoming, and he not only became a servant, he becomes a leader in the first church in Jerusalem. And it says these men were sent by James. They came from James. Let's go to one more. Go to Acts 15, 13. Acts 15, 13. And I love this. Uh, Paul and uh, uh, Barnabas came back. They told how many Gentile believers were accepting the Lord. And they were trying to put many regulations on them. And James, the leader of the church, said this. And after they had become silent, James answered saying, men and brethren, listen to me. Everyone say James. Now, you know what's amazing? Uh, I'm from California, and I have a lot of, I'm not California, well, I am from California. But originally, I'm from Louisiana, and I have a lot, a lot of relatives. And so, in the South, you identify with, with your clan. So, they knew my parents, they knew my aunt, they knew my uncle, uh, all my cousins. I have 67 first cousins on my mom's side alone. I could be the governor of the state of Louisiana. Come on. <laughs> And so maybe I could run for governor of California. You know, I don't know. Now, I really love this. Now, I want you to really just breathe. Let's slow down. He says, James, now if I was writing this, and I'm a name dropper, <laughs> give me any chance to not, uh, drop someone's name, I'm going to do it. I'd have most definitely said, James, the brother of Jesus. 
It's like going to a concert and you have an all-access pass. And it's someone very famous and it's like, got the pass, going into the green room. But get what James does, because James is not a book about believing. Because they already believe. And that word believers is in this book over 10 times, almost 16 times. He is talking about becoming. And James went from believing to not only becoming a servant, but then a leader in Jesus Christ. And I love how he opens his letter. He says, James, a bondservant. Say that with me. James, a bondservant. He says, of God... And then he goes even deeper, and of the Lord Jesus Christ. Now, I just want to stop right there in the Torah. James would know because he was raised as a great, devout Jewish man who at first doubted that Jesus was the Messiah and the Son of God. He knew that the Torah spoke of the law of the bondservant. And the law of the bondservant, we could say here on this Independence Day, if you have a Hebrew slave and he is serve you in the seventh year, if he wants to go free, you need to liberate him and do not let him go free empty-handed. However, if that Hebrew slave says, I have fared well in your house and he wants to stay, you will pierce his ear and he will become your servant forever. And guess what James is saying? Yes, he was my brother. I didn't believe. I now believe. But I am a bondservant because my ear is not belonging to the difficulty that is before us. But my ear belongs to the Lord Jesus Christ. I am a bondservant. Come on. And I love that he says, James, a bondservant of the God and the Lord Jesus Christ to the 12 tribes scattered abroad. Everyone say greeting. Say it again. Now, I want to go now to the believers, all right? This book is written to people who are already believing. And I just want to pause a little bit. I would have never thought that my faith would have been as fractured as it is after 41 years of following Jesus Christ. And I'd love to stand before you and just simply say that what I say and how I live matches. Not always. I don't know why. I could say, praise the Lord. In the very next breath, you don't want to know what I'd say. <laughs> but all I can tell you, that following sentence after praise the Lord, Pastor Becky will go, Pastor Jude. And can I say, I want to become the man that God created me to be. I don't want to live fractured. I don't want to live broken. I want to live whole and integrated in Jesus Christ. And, and what I'm, I'm astonished at, to tell you the truth, really hit me yesterday. My Jake turned 28. I can't believe it. I can't believe it. I shut my eyes. I told him yesterday. I said, Jake, it was about 1237. And you came out the most perfect looking baby I had ever seen. And I held you. From 1237, they cleaned you up. I held you. Becky nursed you all day. And I stared. And I shut my eyes. And I cannot believe you're now 28 years old. And what's amazing, these last 28 years, John is 30. Jude is 32. 
I'm shocked at how many young believers, and I want to say even older believers, are just deconstructing their faith. And this letter is not written to an unbeliever. This letter is written to believers. This letter is not like Romans. It's not like Galatians. It's not like Ephesians or Colossians where Paul is setting forth doctrine in how, to, I mean, the way to believe in, what to believe in, who to believe in. James is a how-to book. And it's how to go from believing to becoming all that God has for us. Come on. And we could tell that it is written to the believer, number one, the word believers throughout the five chapters. Number two, he starts off, he says, to the Jews or the brethren that are scattered abroad, greetings. Or he says, to the 12 tribes scattered abroad, greeting. Now, we know in Acts 1, we're just talking about the believers, it says 120 were filled with the Holy Spirit on the day of Pentecost. And that day, 3,000 people, I don't know why I was going to put four. I do know my numbers. 3,000 people were added to the church. Then the next time they counted 5,000. And many of them were Jewish believers. We know these words are for Jewish believers that had the tendency during a difficult time to deconstruct their faith because it begins to talk about Abraham. It talks about Rahab. It talks about we know you believe in one God. You do well. James goes further. Come on. City church is we don't stop for anyone to believe. We have to become who God created us to be. Thank you for that overwhelming Independence Day golf clap. Amen. And so everyone say, I believe, but I'm becoming. And that's what James is doing. He is showing us how to become in these believers. And not only does he talk about the one God, he begins to talk about our life can change forever. Can you say amen? Now, and again, I just want you to know this. It's written on a backdrop of difficulty. Now, I want to give you the key verse. The key verse of these, I got this backwards. I went down to read the verse, but okay, here we go. I want you to go to James chapter 1 and I'll give you time to get there and we're going to begin to look at verses chapter 1 verses 22 to 25 and again it's on how to become it's on not just believing but how to have a faith that is full action I guess this series could be called doers of the word this this series could be the life of faith and my life matters now let me just stop young person I want you to know this your actions do matter in the day and age we're living in people says oh it's just what you believe not how you live that's not true because if my life does not match my belief then my belief isn't really genuine it's not authentic the way we show authentic faith is that our life matches it's integrated what we believe Amen. So here we go. This is uh, chapter 1, verses 22 to 25. It says, but be doers of the word. Will you say that with me? Be doers. And not hearers only, deceiving yourself. Oh my gosh, there's so many deceiving things in our culture. But the greatest way and the number one way we deceive ourselves is that we hear, but we don't do. And a phrase that I hated in Louisiana, my mom would say it a lot. Uh, she'd say, uh, do as I say, not as I do. 
do as I say, not as I do. And I could tell you, when I had our children, I never said that. And I'll never forget one time Jude was smart mouthing Becky. And I said, where did he learn that from? And the Spirit of God spoke to my mind. He said, you. He said, your sons will not always listen to you, but they will always act just like you. Can I say one of the reasons I read my Bible, I worship, I gave, wasn't just to be blessed. I wanted to live my faith before my sons. Are you with me? And so it says this, it says, be doers of the word, not hearers only, deceiving yourself. Look at verse 23. For if anyone is a hearer of the word and not a doer, he is like a man. Whoo, Pastor Jude, you need some Botox. My gosh. He is like a man who looks at his natural face in a mirror for he observes himself. Get this. Oh, man, I'm looking good. You come to church and they tell you you're the righteous of God in Jesus Christ, that you're free, that you're blessed. I'm all that. But it says this. It says, observes himself and goes away and immediately he forgets what kind of man he was. Now, get this. But he who looks at the perfect law of liberty and continues in it. Circle that word. Chat that word if you're online. Continues in it. It's not a one-time thing. It's not like you believe and then you act good for a day. And continues in it. Say it with me. And and is not a forgetful here, but a doer. Get this. I actually thought at first uh, I made a mistake when I cut and paste the scripture. Not a doer of the word, but a doer of the work. Circle that word. It's in, and I want to read it again. It says, and continues in it, and not a forgetful here, but a doer of the work. And you know what? Honestly, when I look, I see myself in this mirror. But you know what the work is? The work is the work of righteousness. That I become a doer, not of my work, but of the very work of Jesus Christ. That when I begin to look in this mirror, which is the word of God, I'm not seeing all the blemishes and mistakes and faults. I'm seeing the perfection of Jesus Christ and the veil is taken away and I behold like in a mirror the very son of God and I am changed from glory to glory into his image. Can you say amen? Now I want you to look at this. This mirror <laughs> that's funny. You ever do that in middle school? They used to do that in Sunday school to me. And the reflection would go in people in my face and I go, who's doing that? You know. Now get this. This mirror was never designed to wash my face. This mirror was never designed to remove a blemish from my face. This mirror was designed to reveal, number one, not just my true state, but honestly to reveal who Jesus Christ is in me. Come on. And when I begin to see his image, I become a doer of the word. Let's just read this last part again. It says, but he who looks into the perfect law of liberty, come on, liberty. Today is the day of liberty, July the 4th. And can I say, I'd love to say that being an American makes me free, but the only worst thing that being in a free nation is living bound as a believer in the law of liberty and continuing in it makes us free. Come on. 
man, I love this. It says, but he who looks into the perfect law of liberty and continues in it and is not a forgetful hearer, but a doer of the work, this one will be blessed in what he does. Everyone say James. Say the believer. Say the book. Okay, let me just go back through this again. It says, James, a bondservant of God and the Lord Jesus Christ. Get this, get this. To the 12 tribes scattered, they're dispersed. Now get this. Acts 1.8, Jesus said, stay in the city. Acts 8.1, they were scattered through persecution in difficult times. Hear me. And the band's going to be come up. They're going to play. So you'll know we're going to begin to end. During a difficult time is when the temptation comes to deconstruct our faith. And you know what that is? To take it apart. Saying, well, I'll believe this, but I'll never believe that. I'll believe this, I'll never believe that. And what James is saying, you can't deconstruct your faith because your faith is Jesus. It's not a creed. It's not a religion. It is Jesus Christ who is the author and the finisher of your and my and our faith. Amen. And so I I want to begin to just, as we're going to end, everyone say James. Now, every book in the Bible is there for a very specific reason. And I just have a sense that that day when the Lord Jesus appeared to his half-brother James, can I tell you, maybe you know Jesus of the Baptist church or Jesus of the Catholic church or maybe Jesus of a Pentecostal or charismatic church. I love it that James met Jesus, who's son of God, and he called him Lord, and he surrendered to him. And he not only became a bondservant, but he became a leader in the church. You know that, what that tells me? If you have a leadership position on your job or in a church, then you should be a servant leader. That all your work should be done unto God and not unto just people. But I want you to know the way I handle people and treat people and live, it matters. It matters. It really matters. Now get this. The book of James, they say, is the first book written in the New Testament. Why would they write this one first? Because God knew for the years ahead, and can I say living in the end of time, he said that he would have to make the day short because even the elect, if it was possible, could be deceived. And you know what Jesus probably said to his half-brother? James, you're going to write five chapters, and you're going to write how to have a faith that will last destruction, that will outlive difficult times. People will face death, heartache, but their faith will be in me. Now, the first book written in the Old Testament is the book of Job. And it's how to have faith during a difficult time where you're screaming, God, where are you? Have you ever faced something and you think, is this a nightmare? I would have never dreamt. I was just with a minister two weeks ago. He's going through something so horrific and it's out of his control. He began to weep. He said, I never thought I'd have faced this in all my life. And it makes us literally pick up the perspective that we're not going to fully believe anymore. And that's why this book is written. When you, as a believer, are facing something overwhelming. Now, I'm going to repeat the first verse again. James, a bondservant of Jesus Christ. Nope, I said it wrong. James, a bondservant of God and the Lord Jesus Christ to the 12 tribes scattered abroad. Get this last word. Greetings. Greetings. It's not hola. 
It's not hi. It's not, hey, how are you? You know what greetings is in the Greek? Rejoice and keep on rejoicing. When you have something difficult, rejoice and keep on rejoicing. When something comes from hell, rejoice and keep on rejoicing. And then what does verse 2? We'll learn this next week. Consider it all joy when you face trials of many kinds. Why? Because you will know Jesus Christ. Are you with me? And so I want to give you this. This book is the first book written in the New Testament. And, and this is the goal of it. This is the goal. If you're into football, okay, we're going to make a touchdown right here. The goal is that you and I would be made perfect. Some people would use the word spiritual maturity. Uh, I'm not vibing with that. I would say this in Greek and Hebrew, it means wholeness. That your life, watch me, that your life and my life are integrated. That from my money to my relationship to my entertainment, my faith affects every part of my life. They say faith is like the human eye. With it, we see everything but itself. You see, when we have faith in the Lord Jesus Christ, guess what's in this book seven times? Perfect. That he is going to perfect that which concerns you. Now, let me just give you an overview. Will you stand up online? If you're not driving, stand up. <laughs> I want to give you this. Really, in the next, the weeks ahead, the life of faith endures trials and overcomes temptation. Whatever you're facing on the outward, can I tell you the enemy on the outward is not as strong as the enemy that's within me. And I can endure a test, but I want to overcome a temptation. And next week, I will teach you how to 100% of the time overcome a temptation. There is no temptation, that which is common to man. God is faithful. Come on. Then get this. The next week, we're going to begin to look at the life of faith has active obedience. I, I don't know anyone who has an authentic faith and it's dormant. It's dead. The Bible says demons believe there is one God and they even tremble. But when we have faith in God, there is an active obedience to that faith. Another one, the life of faith has wisdom that's from above. Come on, in the last 15 months, did we not need wisdom that is from above? Wisdom that is pure, peaceable, easy to be entreated, without partiality, without hypocrisy. Get this next one. The life of faith submits to God and resists the devil. We always, I, I know too many believers, I bind the devil. Well, before you bind him, why don't you submit to God? Because he's already bound. And we're not trying to fight to get victory. We're fighting from a place of victory that Jesus Christ gave us. But I have to yield to him. Amen. Then this one, I love. Oh, I, I don't like this one. The life of faith is patient. Come on, Lord, hurry up. You know, everyone say the life of faith is patient. And then I love this last one, the life of faith prays the very prayer of faith. Now, this is where we're going to end. I want, it's my goal for me, and it's my goal for us, for you. I, I want my faith to go to another plane in a new dimension. And let me be very specific what I mean by that. I don't want to live broken. And I look back at the age of 61, I have a lot of things together. But there's still that fracture. 
between sometimes what I say and what I believe. Have you ever gotten an argument with someone and you say something and right after the next day, I've done it with my wife, saying, babe, I, I didn't mean that. Can I say, James says, my brethren, this should not be. How can fresh water and salt water from the ocean come from the same spring? Can I tell you, he says, if I can control my tongue, I will have a perfect whole life. The problem is sometimes I don't want to control my tongue. I want to control her tongue. Are you with me on that? How many of you would say right now, I want you just maybe settle in. I don't know, shut your eyes. Maybe put your hands like this. Are you just deconstructing your faith? I just heard recently someone that was there, youth pastor, this really hits me. And this young woman is amazing. One of the greatest young believers and leaders I've ever known. But because of all the difficulty, is thinking about deconstructing this and that in her faith. What area of your life you're a hearer of the word but you're not a doer? It's very important the order of that verse. We are hearers, then we become doers. Is there an area of your life, I know in mine there is, where I hear and heard and heard, but I'm not living, living, living. If you'd say there's at least one area in your life, I want you to just raise your hand. I want you to raise your hand. I'm raising my hand. And I'll tell you the ones where it's really a struggle for me. Patience. My words are salty and fresh. My wisdom is a mixture from wisdom of earth and wisdom that's from above. Sometimes my prayers are of faith and sometimes they're not. I, I, I want my life to become whole, like James said. And these are the words of Jesus Christ, his brother. Some say it's the Proverbs of the New Testament. I say it's Christ speaking to a church in a difficult time. And God, we pray right now, we are believers. But God, we don't want to stay believers, Lord. God, we want to become. I want to become all that you created me to be. God, I am your workmanship, created in Christ Jesus for works that were prepared before me, before time began. God, I want to live in the work that you prepared for me, oh Lord. God, we pray now, we open up to the wisdom of James. We open up to the book of James, oh Lord, and we want our lives to be changed and transformed forever in the mighty name of Jesus. Now, if you look at me online in here, watch me. Do you know what? I think it's totally okay to say you're an unbeliever. James doubted. James did not believe Jesus to be the Son of God. He believed Jesus, his half-brother, but he did not believe him to be the Son of God. But he went even further. He literally said, James, a bondservant of God and the Lord Jesus Christ. I want to ask you a question. Maybe you believe. Maybe you've somewhat trusted, but you've never 100% totally said, he's going to be Lord of my life. Maybe at one point you did, but you deconstructed and said, not anymore. I'm going to be in charge of my life. Literally, when you, he called him Lord, he was saying, I surrendered all my life to Jesus Christ. I'm going to count to three. If you're believing in your heart that he is Lord and that God is raising from the dead, like James, on the count of three, you're going to raise your hand and say, I commit my life to the Lordship of Jesus Christ. On the count of three, you're going to raise your hand. One, online, you'll click that button. Two, 
you? Three, right now, you want to commit to the Lord Jesus Christ. The lady in the back, the lady in the back, the one in the back, one over there in the name of Jesus Christ. Woo! Come on. And we believe that. And we believe that. Listen, everybody pray this. Say, Lord Jesus, I thank you. You are the Lord of my life. I trust you with my heart. And I say it with my mouth. Jesus Christ is Lord. I am forgiven. I believe. But I'm becoming. I'm becoming the righteousness of God in Jesus Christ. Now let's worship. We so appreciate you spending time with us. If you'd like to invest into what God is doing through City Church California, you can go to our website, citychurchca.com, and click Give. Thanks again, and we hope to see you at one of our campuses this Sunday.